Tan France did an ad. For yeah, Tan France did do an ad for Excedrin this morning. I saw um, him and Anthony yeah. both did one. It was like exec- It was like sexual, and I was like, I don't feel yeah. comfortable. It was like, I don't know. Anthony's was about um, adulting or something, which is like the worst word in the world. They're a little cringy. Like I look over it because I love them, but sometimes the shit they say, I'm like. But I, I think the word adulting in general is like super, just like full My body sister. cringe. My sister says it all the time. I was almost about to drop her name, but I don't want to embarrass her. <laughs> um, it's like Ezra Koenig from uh, Vampire Weekend posted something and was like, why can't they just change adulting to existence or like being alive? Because Which people, I agree with. People aren't articulate. They like <laughs> think they're being funny and clever just by adding ing to like any word. Vaping. Moving. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Special Podcast Unit, the podcast where two people get together and dissect the best show in the universe, Law & Order SVU. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 1, Payback. Ooh, that's so ominous. It really is. The, the whole episode was was. I don't know. It was pretty twisty from was, start to finish. It was extremely disturbing. Like, it started out pretty benign, but it escalated so fast. It really did. Especially, like, I don't know, that first five minutes where Stabler walks up to the car and he's like, he's like, well, this isn't a sex crime. And then the, the, the cop is like, well, they cut his ding-dong off. <laughs> he's like, well, they sliced off his cigar and took it with them. And they're like, is that specific enough? Like, is this a crime for you? And they were like, I guess. I'm pretty sure Olivia went, like, sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, like, sounds good to me or something like that. And I was like... Not, like, sexual, but... (laughs) No, that's exactly how she said it. So just, like, going through the first few minutes, uh, some things I noticed. So Cassidy is, like, the other cop. It's not... um, Tutuola's not in it yet. Ice-T's not in it. Uh... Cassidy is a the vulture from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I was like, okay, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also Mayhem from yes. the commercials. Yes, and he's he he comes back in a later season of SVU. I don't remember how they explain his absence or like him coming back or whatever, but him and Olivia like get together and live together later on in the series. So here's a brief synopsis of what happens in this horrible episode. Um, so basically it starts off as a cab driver getting stabbed multiple times and his penis is cut off and that's why SVU is called Um, and they think it's going to be pretty easy to solve until they learn that the cab driver is actually a war criminal um, (laughs) from Serbia and was responsible for the Bosnian genocide and so then they have to find out who wanted payback like on him and a whole bunch of craziness ensues from there and they have a whole list of suspects with horrible tales to tell about the their experience with the genocide yeah it's it's a really like emotionally jarring episode especially i don't know it's a pilot yeah so it's like the first episode and they started out at a 10 they really did like they really went from, like, this is just a cab driver getting stabbed. Um, I mean, like, obviously, they, like, castrated him, which is, like, pretty gruesome. But immediately going to, like, a war criminal, like, who is responsible for ethnic cleansing is, like, pretty horrible. 
Like, yeah. that really, that jump, I was like, oh my god. And I was like, yeah. this is episode one. People had no idea what they're getting into. And Dick Wolf was like, genocide. Yeah, and I guess when you think about it, like, I don't know, in retrospect, it's important that they talked about the uh, the Bosnian genocide. Because it was like four, four years previous to the premiere mm-hmm. of the episode. It premiered in um, September 1999. And it's like, that had really just happened and like people were still feeling the feeling the fallout from that and um i mean having it acknowledged in like a really public way um i guess is a good thing um the way that they the way that they talk about like illegal immigrants on the show though like in this episode is very weird like compared to what i'm used to Mm -hmm. um because like I don't know. They were just talking about like uh, asking Stephen. That's the war criminal's name. Asking Stephen like previously Stefan. Stefan. Yes, he was. He used to be Stefan Tanzig, and now he's Stephen Panchik. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's something like horrible. It's like one of those like smudged tanned memes. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It's like uh, it, it's like <laughs> it's like when twins are named Michael and Pikel. Like why did the why did the second one have to have a name that sounds like the first one? Yeah, a family friend of mine, their kids' names are Taylor and Tyler. <laughs> I've never heard of a Pikel. <laughs> but <laughs> mine's a real not... life mine's a real life example, like that's true. My, the Michael and Pikel thing is real. Hamantha. <laughs> <laughs> um Matthew. Stop. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um the way they talk about immigration is is it's just like strange. Like there's not as much uh, venom in the way they say like illegal immigrant no they treated it like very normally yeah they're like yeah he's a person Um, yeah 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 and they like i don't know i feel like the episode did a lot of work to humanize him and then the like emotional gut punch of finding out that he raped 67 women is like even more horrible yeah it's yeah they go into like pretty gruesome detail about it too which I find I found really shocking but also like I feel very desensitized because like I mean I've been watching the show for a while and like they talk about things like that all the time but like just watching it um I don't know it wasn't super weird to hear them talk about things like that but because I was like watching it to dissect it it was like oh my god Mm -hmm. like people just sit there and hear them like describing in detail like how they were raped yeah it was really intense like i i wrote that down a couple of times about the episode i was like wow this is really really intense and that's one thing i wanted to get to and i guess we can talk about it now is like the gallows humor in the show there's a lot of like subtle jokes and just like quips and like banter between all the characters and um I thought it brought a lot of levity to that episode and, like, really set the tone for what the show was going to be. Um, like, there's one particular scene where it's, like, after a commercial break and it, it like, lights up on um, Munch talking about how uh, the JFK, JFK assassination his, was a his, conspiracy. Yeah, his casket. He's, like, lecturing them on, like, he's like, you didn't even think about how like suspicious it was that they did that they said his casket wasn't evidence and they were like shut up (laughs) yeah i thought that was fun his like the only thing he kind of contributed to the episode was his like humor like Mm -hmm. he was just kind of like de-escalating the episode to me like he kind of made me feel better yeah 
kind of. <laughs> there was a there's like a very short scene at the opening. Uh, he's it's Munch, and he's turning around to get coffee, and he pulls the coffee pot to him, and it's full of water, and he pours it in his mug and drinks it. And I think it's a mistake, but just like I noticed immediately that it was clear, like it was not coffee in that pot. And he just pours it, puts it back, and knocks it back. There's no way he didn't know, right? I mean, I'm sure they are. I'm sure in their coffee mugs, like when it doesn't show them pouring it, it's just water, like or nothing. I like when you're watching a show and you can actually tell that they're not drinking anything oh yeah put some water in the cup like i'm not like a producer or anything obviously but like put some water in the cup i can't see it put some water in the cup (laughs) no i agree because they're like moving around with the cup all willy-nilly like like, that shit swinging around and it's like "Mm -hmm, yeah there's a full cup of coffee in there (laughs) but yeah there's a lot of to totally segue into something else there's a lot of like one-liners elliot has a bunch of them like yes especially in the beginning um when he's talking about the trial he goes through or like is a like he's a witness for mm-hmm. like uh, after when he wins and he's talking about this weenie wagger yes <laughs> that um like those scenes were the best to me of this episode mm-hmm. like uh the court scene was really really well written in terms of like exposition and expository um dialogue because <laughs> He's like the, the the prosecutor, or no, it's the defense attorney, is like, so you're a member of the special victims unit. Are and, you sex obsessed? And so Elliot that- was like, No, I think sex should be the one of one of the best parts of life. That was deep. Yeah. I was like, damn. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, but it after being asked, like, if he's sex obsessed, he like is prompted to explain like what he actually does yeah and he like talks about his backstory um and then he talks about like how um the the special victims unit or the sex crimes unit they kind of go back and forth on like what they're calling it um is volunteer and i didn't know that it's been a really long time since i've seen the first episode i know i don't even know if i've ever seen the first episode I think maybe I didn't know it was the first episode, yeah. like, when I had watched it before. Because I've definitely seen it. Um, there were a lot of, like, visual cues, though, in this episode that carry over into other episodes. Like, there's a, um, there's something about, uh, oh, they, like, it's Munch and the Vulture. Hmm. And they <laughs> corner, uh, Call him by his name. Cassidy. Oh. (laughs) Um, It's Munch and the Mayhem Vulture. And they corner this guy and they're like, you like male prostitutes. And he's like, so what if I do my wife's in a wheelchair? Which comes out of nowhere. And then when they were like arresting him, he's like, is that how you get your rocks off? And I was kind of horrified. I was like, oh my God. The thing... The things they talk about on the show. <laughs> I'm, like, amazed. I don't know. Like, I know I've been watching the show for a long time, but sometimes they say stuff. And I'm, like, now that I'm actively listening, I'm, like, oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, like, uh, it's like before the show was just kind of background fodder. And then, like, watching it now actively, like, hanging on every word that Dick Wolf writes. Right. Like, whoa. 
Speaking of words, <laughs> good segue. Um, I mean, the show is like 20 years old. So there are things you could kind of get away with saying that you can't now. Like, the show wasn't super PC. Like, yeah, they're talking about, like, these crimes and they're trying to, like, normalize it and, and give a platform to it or whatever. But, like, there are certain things they say that, like, I'm sure they couldn't get away with now. Like, first oh, of oh all, when they found, they find a fingernail, like a red fingernail, in the cab where the, Steven was stabbed. 37 times. And they were like, it has to be a woman. And someone's like, what about a he, she? And I was yes. like, ooh. Yeah. And then they called, a suspect was in jail. And he had makeup on, which I found interesting. Because you don't get makeup in jail. Or maybe you do if you're, like, good. I don't know. Uh, I mean, my, you can have my, someone like My uh, lack of knowledge of the prison system. He has someone, like, smuggle it into you. I think they, they do it in uh, Shawshank Redemption. He gets all those rock hammers. And that was, like, in the 60s. All right. Anyways. <laughs> but they call him, like, Disco Queen. And yes. I was like, okay. Yeah, there were like several moments like that where I was like, oh my God. Like, you could not ever say that. No. Um, and Elliot threatened him. He was, they were trying to cut him a deal already. And I was like, that's interesting. I always notice in this show, like, I want to know how often they actually cut deals. Um, because they yeah. were trying to cut him a deal. And I was like, have you guys spoken to anyone about this yet? And then. He like tells he asks Elliot if he's like busy the next weekend like kisses Adam and like Elliot's like I will hurt you and I'm no, like he Elliot says it like uh, you're he says s- like sexually he's like flirting with him I know, in he's a, like, like menacing I way. would hurt you yeah. and I was like Elliot is weird in interrogations from the fucking get go like oh, get go yeah. like immediately I was like mm, I wouldn't want him interrogating me no I completely agree um, that's yeah like that's one big thing in the episode is there's like a lot of homophobia and yeah. transphobia transphobia especially yeah too. and i assume those were like i don't know they were just reflecting common attitudes of 1999 but it was still really sort of difficult to watch and process just like in terms of uh, um it, it's like really hard to digest that kind of thing especially like the disco queen thing yeah because they didn't address it in the interrogation except elliot saying like that weird sexual like i would hurt the innuendo kind of yeah um was it a threat or a promise we don't know (laughs) you know exactly um and then they just like go on to address it later and i was like okay with the disco queen thing um because you definitely couldn't get away with that on any show today, no. or even in like in a, a conversation, or a conversation, yeah. yeah, you just they would get so much backlash for, it. and like you do have to contextualize it. Like this was 1999, um, and also I just find it weird, like especially with the political climate now, as we were talking about earlier, like it's weirder that they're, um, the, how they talk about like uh, gender and sexuality compared to immigration because i feel mm-hmm. like being an illegal immigrant now like you get more backlash but in the show they're pretty like gentle with it it's just like yeah. the disparities are like i noticed them yeah i definitely did too that's another thing there was a Sikh character mm-hmm. and he was like one of the main witnesses and that leads elliot to be like uh we can arrest them like without probable cause and olivia's like no no we can't and they do it anyway um, but they do it all the time. I felt like that character's accent and beard were both fake. 
Like, it was very, I don't know, it was a very heavy-handed portrayal of a Sikh person. And I know, like, Kumail Nanjiani and, like, a couple other comedians have talked about, and, like, uh, Hari Kondabolu, um, have talked about, like, being an Indian person in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, those are the kind of roles that you get. And, like, Hari Kondabolu and Kumail and, like, Aziz and and, um, um, from The Daily Show, what's his name? Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj. Like, they're really pushing to change that yeah. stigma. But, like, to me, I, I had never been t- sort of, like, slapped in the face with a well, character like that before. Isn't it... Um, it's a scene in Master of None, right? When his friends are, like, auditioning. Am I thinking of the right show? No, yeah. Where they're auditioning for roles and they have to, like, put on their Indian accent. Yeah. And, like, dress the part to be a cab driver. In, yeah. In, like, a show. And, um... um I think Kumail like either has a bit or has talked on like a like a late I night show or right. something about specifically like turning down roles like that and just mm-hmm. being like no I'm not gonna do it yeah no I you're definitely right I think that definitely is a bit that he's done but um, yeah no it was very like palpable like I noticed that I was like all right like that's a stereotype yeah like the tone of the show in dealing with sensitive stuff like that was. I don't know, like very death. They were just like super. Well, okay. They didn't care about it the way that we know it's important to care about it now. Like they didn't handle it with the sensitivity that we have now. But it's been twenty years. Like there has been a huge cultural shift, and 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 like we're in this moment right now where it's like inclusion is very important and being respectful is very important. Like all the basic human things are important now mm-hmm. and they like weren't important in 1999 obviously i felt like mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like the character dynamics were really well established in this episode i mean i didn't realize that there's such a banter between craigan and munch but they yeah. were bickering the whole episode like at one point craigan has donuts like it cuts to a new scene and he goes aren't these just delicious delicious like these donuts and i <laughs> yeah. was like Okay. And then when they're leaving, like when Munch is leaving the office because they had a talk or whatever, he was like, you know, there are more than two flavors, right? It's like, okay. And then the scene just ends. It ends. And like, Cragen like throws a crumpled up piece of paper at him as he's walking out of the room. And I was like, that contributed nothing to this episode, but also like everything to this episode. To me. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed that scene a lot. Like I made a lot of notes about it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed like all of the stuff that was going on in the precinct. Um, it looks so. It looks so different, like it, from the beginning. Yeah, like it's. It looks, like almost exactly like what the Brooklyn Nine Nine precinct looks like. Do they use the same set? No, because I know, but wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> <laughs> like that would fulfill all my dreams. Um, that makes me wonder if like uh, like if SVU is canon to Brooklyn Nine Nine because the uh. Like, what if Cassidy left and, like, became the vulture in another precinct and then, like, came We're getting back. in too deep. <laughs> we'll have <laughs> a spinoff for... episode all about this. <laughs> Universal Yeah, this universe theory. Um, I don't know. The characterization was different. And, like, obviously it's, like, the very first episode. But seeing, like, how, mu- how far, like, especially Olivia has come. Because in this episode, she's depicted as a very very like emotional cop like Mm -hmm. she gets threatened by Cragen at the end like this is your last warning like if you want to be on this squad like you have to act like a cop and like you can't get 
so emotionally invested. He does not say that, but I'm saying like what he means. And even Elliot yells at her like a million times. Yeah. Like, they're like, can you handle this case? And she's like, yeah, I'm a good cop. And he's like, mm-hmm, I know, but I'm like, I think this is just too close to home for you. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, if you're just saying this now, like, you, y'all didn't consider this when she joined the unit? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like one of those things. And it shows like how far she's come. And I'm not saying they're putting her in like the trope where like the woman's over an emotion, over emotional and the guys kind of have to like keep her in line. Like, I'm not saying like that's what they were doing and like that's what happened. But she was like super emotional after talking to one of the, the wife, um, no, one of the victims. And she sees that her son is Stefan's son from oh, being yeah, raped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was a product of her rape. She's like vomiting. Yeah. But then Elliot comes in with his one-liner. He says, He's like, "There's, there's no, no crying, crying in, in baseball." baseball. He's like, "You seen that fuck? Tom Hanks movie where he's like the coach and he goes, there's no crying in baseball.'" And they just get in the car. Yeah. She's like, mm, "You're right, Elliot." There's so many moments like that that <laughs> honestly added a lot to the episode for me. Um, and I was like, I need to talk to Noah about that Tom Hanks quote. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like so out of place. So it was the moment where it's like the very beginning of the episode. And it's the court scene that we talked about before. And the weenie wagger just pulls his weenie out. And he, yeah. he starts wagging it. Yeah, he's like, because Elliot calls it his shortcomings like he's like i didn't see his shortcomings or something like that yeah and he and like the guy makes like eye contact goes like him. shortcomings and then his lawyer's like oh my god and he just whips out his penis and it like sh- dances and it he's like he's the guy's like screaming look at it look at it what are you talking about my like, shortcomings look at my wiener they showed every part of his body except that i yeah. was like Wow, the cinematography, <laughs> the clever cinematography. No, it was really weird. Like, uh, it was just, yeah. And the fact that they called him a weenie wagger, I don't know. It was, it was such a scene. I didn't realize it was gonna end that way. I was like, all right. And it's I one of those things where I was like, that would not happen. But I appreciated it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a uh, like ripped from the headlines story or whatever um, that they'll sometimes do. I mean, but it was still really hilarious. It, like, didn't make any sense with what was going on. No. Like, I know they were trying to, like, prove, like, oh, Elliot's a good cop. Like, he wouldn't make an arrest unless he was absolutely sure. He has beautiful eyes. He really Christopher does. Christopher Maloney. Um, they, like, he wouldn't make an arrest unless he was absolutely sure. Uh, and so they were like, well, how do we do this? And so they're in the writer's room, like, writing on the whiteboard. And the idea that's been on, up there the longest is he pulls his dick out. I mean, and they, like, cross everything else out. They're like, all right, he's got to pull his dick out. It also, we have to keep in mind, like, this is an entertainment show. Like, it's a fiction. Like, it's a drama, like, fiction. And, I don't know, that, in 1999, me and my, like, six-month-old self, I would have been roped in. I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to keep watching until season 20. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, like, 20 years of this is, I don't know, that's such, like, an insane amount of television to create. Like, there's no way that Morisco, like, could have known signing on to do the show. Like, I'll be here 20 years later. I know. I really couldn't stop thinking about that. I was like, do y'all know? 
like the notoriety you're gonna get. And I was like, yeah. Do you know how big your paychecks are gonna be? Ugh. How much do they get paid per episode? She gets four hundred fifty thousand an episode. Per episode. Per episode. Oh my God! Law and order. SVU. Pay. Here we are, back on our bullshit. Per episode. <laughs> okay, yeah. 450000 per episode. Also, I was... She's always been, like, beautiful. Um, and obviously, like, the first thing you kind of notice about the show is, like, how young everyone is. Like, mm-hmm. before anything really starts. But, man, she's been beautiful, like, forever. She really like, has. She's she just was a pretty, like, from person. the get-go. Um, Her eyebrows were really nice. Okay, here we go. Here... By season 12, both Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Almoni had become the, among the highest paid lead actors on oh drama. Oh my god, why did he leave? earning nearly 400000 per episode, a salary that TV Guide said was exceeded only by House's Hugh Laurie. During House. season 16, Hargitay was reported to be earning four hundred fifty grand an episode, or $10.3 million per season. In season 17, her salary increased to five increase to 500,000 per episode. That's crazy. That's like the only person she's like the second highest paid actress, the lady who plays Meredith Grey has like 650. Really? It's like pump I have no idea what her name is. Riley says it like my roommate says it like every day cuz she's like rewatching Grey's. I've never seen it. But What is the um uh, But she what's makes the more pay money for the um, Big Bang Theory people. A million an episode. No shit. No shit. I don't lie about rich people. <laughs> These are inequalities we're talking about. I'm not saying they don't work hard, but like, all right. Wow. Yeah, one million per episode. So I want to know. And that was in 2014. And How I much do they make now? I don't know, but that show needs to end. You oh, guys yeah, this can is the last season. That. Oh, thank God. Or like. The season they're filming now is the last season. God is real. I've been praying no, for that. Genuinely. I go to Temple and I go, please end the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and then, but it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure they're just fine with ending it because they started Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. So they were like, all right, we can cancel the Big Bang Weirdly Theory. though, like, Young Sheldon has almost literally nothing to do with Big Bang Theory. It's Except just like the character has the same name. I know, my boss always wants me to watch it. I haven't. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, no, but I don't know. I also don't understand why the girl from the show does those what travel company? Oh, Priceline. Priceline. She's William she, Shatner's daughter. Why right? does she do or that? If she makes this much money, like, why do you need a sponsorship? Like, why do you have to be the face of some company? There really is no limit to the like human desire for money. And no, I is. agree. And, and, oh. What's well, like? I'm not. Mm. All of okay. these people also, like, the shows are syndicated. Like, uh, Big Bang Theory comes on TBS and, like, whatever other networks. Uh, Law & Order comes on USA and, like, ION and stuff like that. And they, the actors have to get paid every time their work is shown. So they get, like, syndication checks. I read yeah. somewhere one time that... Uh, the Big Bang Theory is always on. Yeah. Well, I read, like, um, I think it was Neil Patrick Harris... Uh, was getting $250,000 every time an episode of How I Met Your Mother was was played in syndication. Always, that's also always on. I mean, I have, like, a total of, like, 60 channels at home. And 
Law and Order, NCIS, Big Bang Theory, and How I Met Your Mother are always on. Yeah. Like, at least 50% of the channels. All right. <laughs> Let's not stumble into this. Because <laughs> I won't be able to dig myself myself out of it. Yeah, this is like a this is a crazy See, I'm stuttering. Hole. I'm a stuttering mess because of this. <laughs> um, oh, but you know what? Perfect segue. We're not really done talking about the episode. But since I was talking about these Priceline ads, Noah, like he doesn't have commercials for his Hulu. No, we paid that big money for uh, <laughs> the non-commercials. My dad was like, all right, well, if I'm going to have to pay for this stupid shit, like I don't want to watch commercials. Um, my sister went, I'm broke, but I want to watch these shows. I can deal with ads. Um, and I just like feed off my sister's Hulu, so thank you. Um, but no, so I have ads, and it's pretty horrible. And I just want you guys to know what I go through for you to watch this show. And I just, I took a few notes, Noah said I could do this, about <laughs> the ads I had to watch multiple times to get through this episode. So it was like four commercial breaks, and they're like 90 seconds each. And they're pretty bad, because it's the same ones over and over again. <laughs> and... There's one for, there's like two for moderate to severe Crohn's disease, like for Humira. That was pretty horrible. Um, there's a Lyrica commercial all the time. And now I've started to like recognize the actors and try to piece like where I've seen them before. <laughs> um, but like the one, there's an AT&T commercial where they talk about like, you can get whatever you want with this family plan. And the dad in the family is the dad from One Day at a Time on Netflix, where I might add, I don't have commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just want everyone to know that if you want to give me your Hulu account without commercials, please send me your information. I will okay. take it. Aren't the the ads targeted on Hulu? Yes, they're targeted ads. I don't know why I keep getting Humera ads. And Lyrica. And like, Lyrica. And AT&T. I have Verizon. They're trying... Well, okay, that would make sense. Like, they're trying to win you over. I don't know if it knows that I have Verizon. I mean, you just said it. I know. Now it knows. They're not going to... They're not going to advertise something to you that you already have. Right? So they're trying um, to, like... I have AT&T, Lyrica, and Humera all in my in my dorm <laughs> so they're marketing to the wrong person i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> i just like really needed to include that in this episode i'm gonna keep talking this is gonna be a recurring thing i think i'm gonna keep talking about the ads i see yeah i i want to i want to know like <laughs> i want to know about your experience watching the episode like what were you doing i know were you watching it at, at work or? i was watching it at work yeah um I only had an hour shift, so I was like, perfect. But it really does. The ads like take up a lot of time. Sometimes I look up and I'm like, dear God, they're still going. And it's, it really is like every commercial break is the same loop of commercials. And it drives me bonkers. I will say it's annoying as hell and it's fine. I'm not mad about it. I just decided to go on like a five minute rant about it. But I'm not, I'm not mad. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a necessary evil. In this world... It's pay or be subjected to commercials, and I don't pay. So I'm subjected <laughs> to commercials. That's the thing is, like, uh, commercials don't really do anything for me. No. I mean, like, targeted ads on the internet, I guess. Like, I don't know, sometimes I'll see an ad for, like, a pair of shoes or a jacket or something. I'm like, ooh, Google Chrome, you know my ass. And then I click on it, and so I get more targeted ads. 
Um, but I, but I installed um, uBlock Origin, which blocks like all ads everywhere. And this um, isn't even like this isn't sponsored. We're just he's just plugging this. Yeah, no, this is actually just like a really good plugin. Um, it, it blocks like ads on YouTube videos, ads on uh, you go on a like Vox or something, and you're like reading an article. There's no targeted ads on the side. Speaking of articles, there was an article Ooh. on, I think, The Hollywood Reporter, and I think it was also on Forbes, about something really exciting for Law & Order fans. Um, let me read the headline. NBC orders Law & Order hate crimes. It's like a unit that kind of works in conjunction with SVU. Yeah, they're going to do a backdoor pilot this season. I'm sure this is... I mean, this is pretty... It's coming out at a good time. Like, hate crimes are pretty rampant. And, mm -hmm. I mean, they're staying in tune with the world around them. Yeah. According to this uh, article on the Rolling Stone, New York City is already the home to the second oldest hate crimes and bias-based task force in the country. Are I didn't know surprised? that. No. Um, a, a premiere date for the show has yet to be announced, but the new series will reportedly be introduced during the upcoming season of Law & Order SVU. They did this with... Law and Order Los Angeles. And then I feel like that didn't last very long. I don't I don't know. I don't want to predict like the longevity of this episode. I mean, not this episode, but this new show, but I don't know. I just I'm not sure how well it's going to do. Yeah. Especially oh, there was just one season of Law and Order LA. Well, it's cuz New York is just a better city for crime. Yeah, I agree. Um New York is the new LA. Is that a saying? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag New York is the new LA. If that's already, like, if I'm like, oh, trademark, and then someone's <laughs> like, I came up with that, you fuckhead. I'm going to be really upset. Um, because oh, we're famous now. Here's an article on E! Online. Don't dismiss law and order hate crimes just yet. I mean, it's not even out. I haven't dismissed it. Yeah, I haven't dismissed it. But I'm just I questioning. Am, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm not. Was there anything that we missed? We kind of, of didn't talk about the end of the episode. Oh my god, yeah. I was the like, end of the oh, episode was It was crazy. horrible. It was really, it was whack. Um, not to be insensitive, but it was whack. It was as wild. hell. Um, so basically, they knew that two people had committed the crime. It was two women. So they kind of, they went around. All their suspects were, like, Serbian women who were victims of the genocide. And it was two women. And when they were caught and arrested, the one woman stabbed herself. Yeah. Before she could go to jail. And she said don't save me like she stabbed her femoral artery like she was ready mm -hmm. and she told elliot that she just wanted to be with her family yeah and then olivia like cries yeah it's a really intense ending to that episode I, I think especially in the context of like there's this whole ongoing conversation in the episode it starts with olivia having a conversation with her mom and uh olivia's like if you like ever saw your rapist again like i would want you to kill him yeah, she would she also said she would kill him yeah for what he did to her mother yeah you know, like olivia is the product of a rape like that's something that's a recurring thing they talk about yeah. in the show 
And uh, her mom is like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you really would have done that? Would you want me to go to jail for your entire life? Like, what would your life have been like if I wasn't around? Like, what would have happened? Yeah, it's a very touching. It's a very touching scene. Yeah. And so that, like, gives Olivia some pause. Um, and, And because Olivia knows after the first interrogation with one of the ladies, like, that she did it. She basically admits it to her in the subtext of the conversation. And um, Olivia really struggles with, like, trying to convince Elliot that they don't have a case. Because she doesn't want to arrest her. Because she has a a child that's the product of a rape. And her current husband doesn't even know. Um, Because he's like, like, uh, Nikki's dad died. Like, I'm his stepdad or whatever. And so, like, Olivia really struggles with, like, oh, what are we going to do? And so, finally, Elliot convinces her that they, they do have a case and they're going to go arrest the ladies. And the older woman stabs herself. And uh, the younger woman, when she tells her a story, they hope that they can just get her, like, 18 months. Yeah. In, like, a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. I think that's, like, the, the best case scenario for something like that. Yeah. That's, from my experience... In watching crime shows. That's the best. Um, I just found it interesting. I don't know. It was like a very like morally confusing episode. Because yeah. there's a part of me that's like, dude, he's a war criminal. Like, they killed him. Meh. Like, yeah. But then they, they do so much to humanize him. Like, I, we just, if, Before they, like, figure out who he is, like, Olivia's like, this poor guy was stabbed. We have to do him justice. Yada, yada. And then it's like... Uh, war criminal. Yeah. And it's like they sh- they show his wife and his kid. Yeah. And she's like heartbroken. They don't even yeah. have to say anything. She just like, when they approach her and say that they're police, she goes, oh, what happened to Steven? And they just like look at her. And she's like, what hospital is he at? And they just like look at her. And then she just like drops her groceries and sobs. Yeah. It's a really intense scene. Um, I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah. It's intense in the way that like, the emotional stakes are taken from, like, zero to, like, 97 immediately. And and that's where, like, <laughs> this episode was kind of, like, teetering the line between drama and melodrama, um, especially with the wife's reactions to everything. And that scene, we didn't talk about this, but how, like, fucking weird this was. Uh, when they go to the art gallery. Oh, I have a note on it, and I was comfortable just to skip over it. I was also kind of confused. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really understand what was going on in that scene. Like his wife was one of the victims of the genocide. Yeah, right? and they were trying to get like a hold of her, and he basically just talks about their sexual escapades. He's like an artist. And He's he an artist, mouths. and he paints mouths. He's like they have beautiful mouths. Oh, I remember what it was. He knew the um, the male prostitute. That was in jail oh, from of before. Right, right, he right. knew him, and they were trying to figure out like how he got uh, or how he sold um, the fake license, the fake taxi license. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're like, "You knew, you knew this guy or whatever." And he's like, he "Yeah, he's out. horrible, but he has a he's really good at sucking dick." Essentially, yeah. essentially, he just said he had a nice mouth while surrounded by like Paintings sensual, like sensual mouth paintings. Yeah. Um, it was really weird. And then... And then he, like, implies that uh, his wife would want to have sex with Olivia. Yeah, because he says, like, she's bisexual and prefers women. Yeah, but they're they're married. 
So, so they're open, married. No, but they have an open relationship. They have an open relationship. He only has relationships. He says he only has relationships with men, and she has relationships with women. It's um. They address a lot. Like, yeah. They pack this episode a is lot. like jam packed with, with like uh, social. I don't even know. Like, yeah. Just. Yeah. Just stuff. Stuff. A lot of taboo parts of life that people yeah. you don't usually talk about in shows they were like this is SVU this is the pilot we're gonna go for it yeah, Dick Wolf was like go big or go home and I'm not going home to be honest <laughs> they don't treat anything with respect no. like at all no and so I guess like that's their MO like yeah. we could be respectful about this and like really have to teeter on things but we're just gonna go for it um, but I do think that they present like the public opinion pretty well like all those like crackheads that they not real crackheads, <laughs> that they <laughs> interview, like, when trying to find all the suspects and just, like, when they're first, in the first parts of the investigation. Yeah. Like, the guy whose wife is in a wheelchair, so he has sex with other people, and this artist, and, like, how they kind of talk about, like, people of different mm-hmm. sexualities and transgender people, like, things like that. Um, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of, like, displaying, like, public opinion yeah. and, like, like how they spoke about them so candidly and like so kind of offensively. Yeah, this isn't necessarily related to this at all, but it's uh, fine. Isn't Who there an we? episode of SVU where there's like a wife that's in a wheelchair and she's not, she's not actually yeah, in a wheelchair? One of them that's like what pushes, I thought this episode was. Someone comes in and pushes her into the pool and she just starts swimming. Yeah, is that not is that what happens? Yes, I'm pretty sure because like they're trying to prove he. I guess the husband's like defending her and he's like, there's no way she could have committed this crime or whatever. She's in a wheelchair. She can't even walk. Yeah, like she's in a fucking wheelchair. And uh, no, she ain't. Yeah, and they push her into the pool. I don't remember if it was a cop or not that pushes her into the pool. I want to say it was. It seems like an Elliot move. I thought it was Olivia. No, Olivia. You know what? It doesn't matter. But we're going to get to that episode. More to come (laughs) later. Um, So that's actually like basically in a whole, like what happens in the episode. Um, and then Olivia gets her ass handed to her by Cragen because he's like, they committed murder in cold blood, and they're gonna get like she's gonna get like eighteen months, and the other one killed himself. Like, yeah, this is the one like get out of jail free card you get, and there's only one in the pack. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then the episode just ends. Yeah, and I was like, what an interesting way to end the episode. And I was like, I don't know if I would have tuned in to the next one. I would have been like, oh. But people I, yeah, did. I feel like I would have been skeptical. I'd be like, okay. I don't know how successful it was, like episode one. Obviously, it had enough viewers to stay on air. I mean, I, yeah, I don't really know anything about the history of like, was it in jeopardy? Like, was there ever a time where it, it was like, Law and Order, SVU might get canceled? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there was nothing that was ever really like that. I mean, at least as long as I've been watching it. Like, season 10 on, I, I just can't think of a time where I was like, where it wasn't a constant in my life, you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. It's like a third parent. Yeah. I'm telling really you, is. SVU raised me. SVU raised me. I'm glad season one of SVU did not raise me. Yeah, I would have turned out worse. Yeah, it would have been And a I'm already movie. pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at SpecialPodUnit. Uh, and Instagram at special podcast unit to keep up with us. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and Castbox. Um, 
we're still trying to get on Apple Podcasts. It's been a couple of days since I submitted our first episode. Um, so if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, great. If you're not, still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, this episode has been brought to you by our university library study rooms. Um, um, thank you so much for listening. Please tune in next time. And um, Oh, what, what are we going to talk about next time? What episode are we going to talk about next week? Oh, I don't know. Ha, 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 ha.